0: It's time for your R.M. World Travel Connection with Robert and Mary Carey and Rudy Maxa on the SSI Radio Network. 1-800-387-8025 that's 1-800-387-8025 visit us online at rmworldtravel.com or follow us on facebook and instagram at rmworldtravel and now welcome to america's number one travel radio show
1: well it's time to get things going welcome aboard everybody this is your place for everything and anything in the world of travel from coast to coast border to border and up into canada mary rudy and i i will be robert Thank you for being here with us for America's number one travel radio show. We have a busy, busy show ahead today. So are you ready for some travel fun and conversation with all the guests we have scheduled on the program today, Mary and Rudy? Always ready.
2: I'm so, I, am, I am in a tracksuit and
1: down and ready to go. Right, good news indeed. We like that. So here we go, Mary.
3: All right. Well, I know we have another new station that we want to welcome today, and we're also going to do our Jean-Jacques update in a little bit. But first, let me share what we have coming up. First uh, on deck will be Richard Abolafia. He is back as we share some aviation items, and we want to get his thoughts on them. Andy Coons, the CEO of the U.S. High Speed Rail Association, is also ahead, and we'll get into how private funding is helping to grow that industry for travelers. Jay Crater has driven more than 20 3,000 passengers in Uber and Lyft rides, but he took a challenge to drive a cab in San Francisco and he'll share the differences between them in segment four this hour. And we will connect with Dr. Carla Dove at the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History and find out all about their work that they are doing to make air travel safer for all of us later this hour. So definitely sounds like a full and interesting hour, but Robert, how about you welcome our newest affiliate?
1: Uh, All right. I will indeed. We're going to welcome a new state. Last week, we welcomed five. This week, we have two. And next week, folks, we have even more coming. So uh, the three of us send out a warm welcome and thank you to AM 1320 and FM 101.7 KXRO. That's in Aberdeen, Washington. Uh, That's the Seattle DMA or Media Market 13 and KXRO. Well, they're going to be airing us uh, today and every Saturday live, which we appreciate. So thanks very much for that. Also, I want to alert everybody that new travel polls went up on our website at rmworldtravel.com. Hopefully, some of you some of you have already been there and maybe voted on them. I see there's some votes there already right now. Uh, here's what we're asking you right now. What's your preferred type of overnight accommodations when traveling? There are six options you can choose from. Second question that we're asking is, which of these would you fix immediately for air travel? There are also six options to choose from. So, you know, today, this week, whenever, go vote at rmworldtravel.com. And we'll share the results with you next week. Now, Rudy, if you're like me, uh, (laughs) I'm curious how our 71-year-old Frenchman that we're tracking as he tries to cross the Atlantic Ocean in a Barrel is doing. Our man in the Barrel, yeah.
2: and, And I know
1: since I look across the broadcast desk here at my wife, she has the answer and our update. I do.
3: Do we have a drum roll for any music? So truth be told, I really just like following this story so I can hear that song every Saturday when we broadcast the show. So this this man really, I have to tell you, so this started out sort of as a lark following this, and um, I am truly impressed with his energy. He just does not seem depressed. He's on day 50 in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. He's finally heading a little more southwest, so he's... Longitudinally and latitudinally, to to a little closer to the Caribbean, a little yeah. further south, which is good. He was going north for a while. Um, super windy. He was strapped down uh, and couldn't really move for about a day and a half this week with high winds. Um, but he answers emails from French school children writing into him. And he just sounds, people are asking him if he's depressed or feels isolated. So, so the It's key, fascinating to me. The key he's out the middle of this, of the ocean. Rudy, what we're
1: getting is
3: in a the, barrel. I know
1: he was concerned originally about the orcas taking him out. That no, has not happened over no, 50 no. days.
3: Folks, we don't recommend this. We're not recommending this, but, but I find this fascinating.
1: So, How's he right, do so. doing he
2: email? I mean, he must have an antenna on top of the, yeah. Yeah. and he's and got a whole rolling team, rolling satellite. I mean, I can barely and... get Wi-Fi in the middle of New York City. Yeah.
3: And, uh, I mean, he's... it's rolling around in the ocean. It's not <laughs> <laughs> It's not for everybody, I can say that. We're yeah. going to continue but, to follow
1: him. So, yeah. you know, there we go. Day so all right, really, that, That's a good way for us to transition right into some travel news.
2: Well, you know, I sort of thought after all these years of airport security checks that we'd all gotten used to the fact it's not cool to bring guns through security checkpoints in your carry-on luggage. Mm, that's a good point. Apparently not. TSA this month reported that passengers brought a record number of guns in their carry-on bags, 4,239 to be exact, and more than 3,600 of those, the vast majority of them, were loaded. Um, Most of the guns, uh, uh, the airport that confiscated the most guns was Atlanta, where they confiscated 298, followed by Dallas-Fort Worth, Phoenix, Denver, and Orlando. And just as a comparison purpose, this is about 3,300 more guns than were confiscated 11 years ago. I mean... That's so weird.
3: Unbelievable. And loaded.
2: And loaded, yes. What is... God, I, I don't get it.
3: I don't get it either. All right. Well, the Federal uh, Aviation Administration said this week that it's going to require small drones to display registration numbers on the exterior of the aircraft to address concerns raised by U.S. security officials and to make it easier to identify the owners. The issue of threats by drones to commercial air traffic came to the forefront just this past December, after London's Gatwick Airport was severely disrupted when drones were sighted on three consecutive days, and uh, New Jersey's Newark Liberty International Airport also had 43 flights held after drone sightings at a, uh, the nearby Teterboro Airport. So the FAA is also working on rules to set remote identification requirements for drones in order to track them. Hmm. All right. Uh,
1: a lot going on there. You know, coming up in the uh, segment right after this, in segment two of the show today, uh, Mary just mentioned a little while ago that Richard Abalafi is going to join us, and we have a number of things we want to talk to him uh, in the world for, uh, world of aviation. But one of the things i'm going to take right off the table right now is uh, this week it was announced from by airbus that they're going to end production of the a380 by 2021. Uh, this is their jumbo jet it really was meant to be the answer uh to the 747. Boeing's already said that they've pretty much made the 747 just uh for um cargo, cargo. planes at this point but the a380 uh going away by 2021, uh, it's probably going to impact about 3,500 jobs. And really, all these airports—think about that, Rudy. I know you're in London a lot. Uh, the way Heathrow, or whether it's in Dubai or Singapore, they all yeah. built up for this—you um, know—major. Aircraft yeah, to handle gates and so
2: on to because yeah, it,
1: it, It's got 555 passengers, and now uh, yeah, they'll still be flying for a number of years. But the fact, no more production. No more ordering. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I haven't flown
2: on one yet. Have you guys?
3: No. Oh, not the A380. And
1: we've got a 747 flight coming up. We still try to do that whenever we can. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Anyway.
2: Well, if you check out Marriott's website uh, um, this week, you'll find its frequent guest program has got a new name. Marriott wrapped up its three reward programs, Marriott, Ritz-Carlton, and Starwood. Of course, uh, they just recently, in 2018, acquired all the Starwood hotels. It's all wrapped up into one program called Bon Voy, and which I didn't get it until somebody said, it's short for Bon Voyage. Um, so the branding guys are at it again. So you've got a whole new program, you Marriott folks, and there are tens of millions of you. We'll be right back after this break. Nice to have you here with Mary, Robert, and me when we return. We're going to talk about things happening in the aviation world of travel with show friend Richard Ablu, how do you pronounce it, Mary? Abulafia. Lafia Checks in. Stay with us.
0: To join Robert, Mary, and Rudy, call 800-387-8025 or follow us on Facebook and Twitter at RM world Travel. We're coming right back.
1: With all the recent news about online security breaches, it's hard not to worry about where our data goes. That's why we say take back your privacy by using expressvpn.com rm. They secure your internet browsing by encrypting the data and hiding your public IP address. And protecting yourself costs less than $7 a month. Folks, don't mess around here. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com rm or check out rmworldtravel.com. Look under sponsors.
3: We've all tried a lot of pillows over the years, at home, in hotels, on planes, while staying with family, friends, or wherever. If you're looking for an innovative pillow, my pillow is it. You can adjust my pillow's patented fill to your individual needs to help you get to sleep faster and stay there longer. My pillows are made in the USA. They're backed with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. And you can even wash them and dry them. Right now, if you buy one my pillow, you'll get a second for free. Just go to mypillow.com and use promo code RM, or you can always visit rmworldtravel.com under sponsors.
2: Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best, and they keep you fully stocked on the products you use, so don't run out. Determine what you want and when you want it, from once a month to every six months, and it shows up right at your door. Plus, with their handsome discount, the more you buy, the more you save. Give one of their starter sets a try for just $5. After that, the restock box ships regular-sized products at regular price. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash rm. Or you can visit rmworldtravel.com and look under sponsors for a direct link.
1: Clean eating means food the way it's meant to be, from the earth, organic, and delicious. Clean eating also means ButcherBox.com slash RM. Their meat is guaranteed to be humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones ever. With cuts in quality that are impossible to find in grocery stores, ButcherBox.com slash RM also comes at a competitive price with free shipping. And for a limited time, you can get two free cuts of filet mignon, free bacon, and $20 off your first box when you sign up at ButcherBox.com slash RM or find a link at rmworldtravel.com under sponsors.
0: And hey, we're back. Thanks
1: for staying with us through the breaks. Nice to have you tuned into our Robert and Mary World Travel Get-Together today. In a moment, we're going to be reconnecting with show friend Richard Abalafia, who I'm told is out in Seattle attending the Aerospace Alliance Conference, as we have some airline matters that we want to discuss with him. But first, a quick word that this portion of the program is sponsored by lifelock.com. That now includes Norton Security.
3: The world is full of sounds that warn you about danger, like foghorns for boaters, or if you get a little too close to that rattlesnake, you're going to hear that infamous rattle. But in the digital world, if your personal information is in danger, there's no rattling or sound to let you know there's trouble.
1: That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection has added the power of Norton Security for comprehensive protection against threats that you can't easily see or fix on your own. And if you ever have a problem, they have agents who will work to fix it. Join now and for the first year, save 10% when you use code RM at LifeLock.com. There's also a link at rmworldtravel.com under sponsors.
3: Show friend Richard Abalafi is one of our go-to people when we want the facts and a straight scoop on all things aviation. He's the Vice President of Analysis with the Teal Group where he manages projects in the commercial and military aircraft field. And since he's holding on the show hotline rather than say any more, let's get right to him.
1: Hello Richard, how have you been? How are things going out there in Seattle at the Aerospace Alliance Conference I'm told you're attending
4: a little more snow than we'd like, but otherwise, it is a very well-attended conference with lots of people who are really passionate about building jets.
1: All good stuff, you know, know, listen, there's a lot that we want to cover today, but first, I want to get your thoughts on this, because I'm hearing some rumbles out there. It looks more and more likely that Boeing will announce development of its first new plane in years, the 797. So what are you hearing, and do you agree with me that in many ways it's going to replace what was my favorite jet, the now discontinued 757?
4: Yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, Even more exciting when you look at the additional capabilities it brings to the table beyond the 757, because at the end of the day, we all want to fly direct point-to-point. And uh, I always say the plane that allows me to finally go point-to-point to to Portugal, my favorite country, uh, from Washington, D.C., that will be the sign that we finally got the route fragmentation thing right and are taking people to where they want to go. And it's exactly this kind of jet that I, I hope does the job.
3: Hmm. All right, so Richard, I'd like to have you talk a little bit about Airbus. There's an Airbu- Airbus jet that's coming. Um, we talk to them fairly frequently on the show, and if they commit to this longer version of their A321 jetliner, I could see that potentially competing with the 797, but do you think it would also cut into the uh, demand for the 787?
4: Yeah, you know, what we're talking about here with this mid sized market is something that inevitably is going to drag some demand down from the larger segments. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you are taking me to Portugal. <laughs> you know, you're taking demand from jets that might have previously taken me first to Charles de Gaulle, and then on a smaller jet, too. You know, that, this is just the nature of the beast, right? right. It's a fungible pool of people traveling transatlantic or, or whatever. But, it, yeah, that's exactly right. The 322neo, as it's rumored to be called, uh, would possibly have a new wing, possibly a fuselage stretch, probably mm-hmm. new engines, and would be a competitor. Here's where it's it tricky, because a lot of the demand as you say, is 757 replacement. You're talking a single-aisle jet, and the 797 is a twin-aisle jet. And the 321, of course, is a single-aisle. And there are economic differences between single and twin. It's really hard to bridge the gap. So the concern is Boeing, and perhaps the reason for them delaying the, for the launch of the 797 for a year, is uh, can they get the kind of capabilities associated with a twin-aisle by with the costs and, and economics yeah,
3: of uh, a single Right, yeah. interesting. All right, I'm also curious to get your thoughts on this recent announcement by Honeywell. I think this is really important for people to know. They're introducing new aircraft cockpit and flight data recorders. I've heard it kind of termed as sort of a black box upgrade more data storage capacity and for the first time they're going to be able to link to satellites so when there is an accident uh, investigators don't have to wait for that black box to be found And in many cases for example Malaysia Airlines it has not been found so what are your thoughts on that
4: yeah you know this has been a, a slow but remarkable story of refinement and improvement over many decades and that's contributed to the safest form of transport ever created by humankind Right. Um, so this is just another step on that, and, it, and it's not just in the closure uh, associated with getting that data reported and finding out what happened. It's also learning lessons and making the, the system safer still.
1: That's the whole key, right. and, and if we can do that in real time and not have to wait weeks or months or years in some cases for that information, that makes the it's so much better for the flying public. So I think it's exciting. I think that's going to be a game changer from Honeywell. Um, something else that could be a game changer, you know, about two weeks ago, Southwest Airlines began test flights to Hawaii, and if all goes well, they could start passenger service across the Pacific sometime in April. So how disruptive do you think Southwest is going to be to the other main carriers serving Hawaii and? What are you expecting they're going to do with fares to that market?
4: Well, that's right. You know, it's the Southwest effect. It has its own name, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, they go in there, and they're always guaranteed to be competitive, and people love them. They just love them. So that, of course, puts the onus on everybody else to, uh, to match them. And that, of course, in turn serves, uh, serves as a stimulus to demand, because that's uh, the best way to get people to fly. Lower prices give them good service, so I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to hear the news.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be uh, interesting, again, to see what Southwest does, because whenever they go into a market, they clearly are disruptive. Mm-hmm. All right, but, and, and as Southwest looks at Hawaii, well, United is trying to catch up to American and Delta, by beefing up their premium travel options for the higher price seats. I saw last week that they announced they're going to be revamping their Boeing seven hundred sixty seven three hundreds. They're ripping out over half the seats in economy, replacing them with more of the Polaris business class seats, and by the end of the year they're also expected to have fifty new regional jets. So good move for United, Richard, or do you question it?
5: Well
4: yeah, everyone is sort of feeling their way along with in, t- in terms of their existing assets and getting the strategy right. I think implementing Polaris on a larger percentage of the fleet is absolutely essential. The CRJ thing is really interesting, and that's a response to the, the issue of scope clause, you know, the pilot union agreements of what people can fly, So they're taking some 70-seat CRJ-700s and taking out some seats and putting uh, basically 55 seats, calling it the crj 550. Um, what I think it does is allow them to serve markets without having to worry about the scope clause, pressure, and whatever else. So they're feeling their way along, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, I th- that's probably true. A lot going on clearly in that sector, though. With, you know, We used to all be into the hub and spoke, but what you just joked about earlier, and, I, and by the way, I didn't want to let that go because I clearly hear that you want to go to Portugal because you mentioned it <laughs> twice, but um, I, I think the fact is we want to fly today point to point. So you're not going to take a you know a 767 or a 777 or 87 or potentially 97 into certain markets, right. and those regional jets are obviously going to be an important part of their future operations. Right.
3: Uh, a few yeah. weeks ago, Joanna Garrity, the COO of JetBlue, was on the show with us, and we learned they're eagerly awaiting their new Airbus A220s to begin replacing their Embraer 190s. So that brings me to the question. Last time we had you on, um, I believe we were waiting for the the, gov- the new government in Brazil. It's now been seated. Is there any news that you know of going on with the Boeing Brera acquisition?
4: Well, you know, there's always political risk, but so far everything we're hearing is that it is going ahead.
3: It is. Um,
4: okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there are many concerns. In part, you know, what do they do with the rest of the company? Cause right. It's just the jetliner part that they're doing the JV with. But right now, it looks like it's it's going ahead with with no objection from the new government.
1: Well, that's because it's been quiet. I mean, again, you're a little more connected to that than than we are. We try to take a, you know, kind of an overview approach to all of this. But uh, uh, I keep waiting for that announcement, you know, when I I get something on my phone or I pick up the paper and says, you know, the deal is official but have not heard that. So, you know, anything else? So you're out there right now uh, at the aviation conference that's going on. Anything in the aviation world right now that's grabbed your attention or something that you're really following closely?
4: Well, you know. 797 and A321 or 322 neo for growth version. It it speaks to a bigger trend that ties in with travel and route fragmentation. Basically, everyone wants more range to connect more markets direct. You mentioned the CS100. That's a great example. You mentioned Hawaii. That's a fantastic example. The new generation of single aisles, 737 Max A320 neo family. They're able to give domestic route uh, for domestic route better access to the Hawaii market and so well, fewer, you know, requirements to change in LA or wherever else. Now you can go from, uh, you know, Boston or wherever on a single aisle jet to Hawaii uh, as this new equipment is introduced.
1: Yeah, it makes such a difference. Uh, It it really does. The only thing I wish they'd figure out is how to make those bathrooms a little larger again. I know they make them smaller, and and a little more room in my seats. But uh, you're asking for way too much, Robert. Just a bit, you know. (laughs) Just I'm just asking. So, Richard, listen. Always great to talk to you. We really appreciate that. So, thanks for spending some time with Mary and me today, and we hope you have a nice weekend. Okay.
4: Oh, you do the same. Thanks so much for having me
3: on. Thank yeah. you, Richard. Take care. All
1: right, there goes Richard Abolafia, Mary. Always good having him on the show with us. Enjoy him when he's here. And you know, Mary, I was thinking about those travel polls that we're asking right now on our website. Uh, people need to go vote on those as well. I know We just mentioned that at the beginning of the show. Which of these would you fix immediately for air travelers? And bathrooms, certainly one of them.
3: Oh, we're going to have some good conversation about this topic.
1: I think we certainly are. And, folks, just check out Richard's website, richardabalafia.com. Right now, we're going to take a quick break, but please do connect with us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RM World Travel. After these few commercial messages from our sponsors, we'll be back with more RM World Travel. Stay with us.
3: The right hire can have such an impact on your business. That's why you should post your job on LinkedIn. It intelligently targets candidates based on their skills, recommendations, even how open they are to new opportunities. Insights that are only on the linkedin.com slash rm network. Your post is matched to the best people for the job. And right now, if you visit linkedin.com slash rm, you'll get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash rm. Terms and conditions apply. Or for more info, visit rmworldtravel.com under sponsors.
2: For anyone who smokes cigarettes and wants to quit for good, there's a new company that's making it easier to quit smoking. It's called Zero. With Zero, you get physician prescribed medication to curb cravings, plus nicotine gum to help fight withdrawal symptoms, and continued support. It takes just five minutes to get signed up, and it's all done online, which makes Zero both simple and effective. See if you qualify today and get your discount by going to quit with slash RM. That's quit with slash RM, or visit rmworldtravel.com under sponsors.
0: Nice to have you back at the show.
2: Welcome. This segment of the show is sponsored by Casper.com. Want to upgrade your sleep game? Well, look no further than Casper, the sleep company with outrageously comfortable products at not-so-outrageous prices. Casper's mattress will transform the way you sleep. Experience a Casper for yourself and get the sleep you deserve. Their mattresses combine four layers of pressure-relieving foams for all-night comfort. It's softer under your shoulders and firmer under your hips for healthy alignment and extra support. Plus, breathable foams are designed to keep you cool at night. With bedding, bed frames, even a dog bed, Casper's got everything you need to create the perfect sleep environment. You'll even get a risk-free trial on all mattresses, and with their big presidency sale happening now, it's the perfect time to upgrade your mattress at Casper.com. That's Casper with a C, of course. There's also a link at rmworldtravel.com under sponsors. Well, it's an ongoing debate in America. It's been going on for a long time. When How come our train systems are inferior to those some of those in Asia and Europe? Andy Koontz is the president and CEO of the U.S. High Speed Rail Association based in Washington or in suburban Virginia, right outside of Washington. Andy, nice to have you here. Welcome. Thank you very much. Before we talk about some possible good news, can we address something that made the news this week, this past week, which was that uh, the California governor uh, cut the lifeline, apparently, on long plans and some construction of a high-speed rail connection between San Francisco and L.A. Is this a final verdict, or is this a a battle that can be continued?
6: Oh, it'll definitely be continued. He, He actually didn't cut the lifeline. He actually refocused on the piece that's under construction to get that up and running as soon as possible, because it's hard to keep sustaining interest in this when there aren't trains running yet.
2: And this is between Sacramento and San Francisco?
6: It, no, it's it, it's in the Central Valley. They, they now have about 120 miles under construction, um, like Madera, Fresno, Bakersfield, along that line. And that ends up will be the main spine with then a small connection over to San Jose and then a small connection into L.A. later.
2: So so this dream is not dead then at all?
6: Oh, not at all. In fact, if, if anything, the trains actually may be running sooner with with his more focus on the first piece. And then okay. once the first piece is up and running, and the trains are running, then there's much more political will and public push to say, "Well, now finish it." You're so well, close. Well, that's interesting. It.
2: That's interesting because the news story I read didn't have any have any suggestion that anything was going to be finished. So 120 well, miles are under construction. There
6: was a lot of fake news that flew around yesterday. It, it was crazy. It took off like um, people were deliberately publishing things that it was canceled. And then the governor uh, was like, no, 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 I never said that.
2: Well, good. I'm glad we're talking to you then. Okay, so there's 120 miles under construction, and when might that come to fruition and actually have a train running on it?
6: Uh, I would say probably another three years, four years or so. Okay. These are big projects, very big infrastructure, complicated, so they take time, and they have to have big straightaways. They can't wind all around and avoid everything, so the big straightaways end up more more obstacles and potential lawsuits and those kind of things.
2: Well, speaking of winding around and avoiding everything, let's turn to the place where we do have, at least, the capability of high-speed trains with the equipment, which is that East Coast corridor between Washington and and New York. And uh, I gather that um, the Federal Railroad Administration just introduced new safety and high-speed standards that raise the allowable speed from 160 miles to 150 miles an hour, but. But the trains can't even begin to approach that, can they, on the East Coast? what is anything done to clear more right-of-ways, to straighten the tracks out, anything? Well,
6: that's what we're not doing. We're not investing in a big way. These are big, expensive, complicated infrastructure projects. They take billions of dollars, and we just keep talking, but, but Congress is not appropriating any money, and so you know we keep going in circles. All, and right. all these other nations you mentioned that have great IC rail systems, they're yep. investing hundreds of billions of dollars.
2: Okay, so we have a couple of minutes left. So you're emperor of the world. What projects right now look realistic to you from Texas to Florida to California to the East Coast? What projects look real, and what would you do if you were emperor of the world and go wave a magic wand? Let's start with what's, what's, what's on the planning boards right now or drawing boards or actually under construction.
6: Well, uh, California is the first one that's under construction. Okay. Um, that's the big main trunk line. You have uh, the next one that will probably go to construction is Tampa to Orlando. That's Virgin is now involved in that, and Brightline. They just won the franchise for that. So that and that'll go fast because it's a straightaway. The land's already there. It's flat. There's no mountains. Um, then Texas is the next big one that'll probably go into construction. That'll be within a year or so, and that'll be 200 mile an hour trains connecting Dallas and Houston. Will revolutionize travel in that corridor. Okay, um, and that leaves the east coast. And then the other big one that's brewing up is moving fast. Is Seattle. Portland to Seattle to British, to uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, ah. and you've got Microsoft is actually pushing that from behind the scenes big, and that's why it's moving so fast.
2: Ah, I did not know that. So what is that? Is there anything in the in, in Chicago area going on or no?
6: Uh, there's plans and talk, but, but there's not. What, what it takes is plans and talk, and then it takes leadership and action and money. And so Chicago has the first half of it going, and there's just not a lot of good leadership. Yeah, and, there was a problem um, and that with changes. Wisconsin. Every time a new governor comes in or the legislature changes or the public suddenly reaches out and pushes or something happens, then things start moving forward on these
2: projects. I remember between the Twin Cities and Chicago, the, the governor of Wisconsin decided he didn't want to go through Wisconsin. So that put the kibosh on that for a while. We've only got about 15 seconds left. But any any promise in the East Coast at all in two sentences or less?
6: Well, there's certainly a demand for it. I mean, the trains yep. are sold out almost all the time. The Ocellos are packed. The business people use it. I mean, it, it's obviously clear. It's just there has to be a move in Congress. They have to understand and prioritize this and start putting real money behind it, like we did with our highways. I mean, we, we funded the highway system to a trillion dollars. Federal oh, government it. led it and funded it. So we're Andy Coons is the to president.
2: Andy, I got to say goodbye to you. You're the president and CEO of U.S. High Speed Real Association. More details
0: ushsr.com we'll be right back rm world travel phone lines are open 24 7 at 800-387-8025 and so is the website at rmworldtravel.com stay tuned we're back after these messages
3: The real world is full of sounds that warn you about danger. But in the digital world, there's no sound if your personal information is in danger. Good thing there's LifeLock with Norton Security to help protect you. No one can stop every cyber threat or prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock with Norton gives you protection for the digital world. Visit LifeLock.com today and use code RM for 10% off your first year. That's code RM for 10% off your first year at LifeLock.com or visit RMWorldTravel.com under sponsors.
0: versus placebo in a clinical study. Use as directed. Gary,
3: why aren't you
5: outside enjoying the party?
3: Uh, hey, Michelle, it's this heartburn. When it hits, it really hits hard. Oh, I'm sorry. That's it, I've had it. I'm gonna kick
0: acid with Rolaids. Rolaids Advanced goes to work instantly for powerful relief of your worst heartburn, bloating, and gas.
1: Wow, you're packed fast.
0: Yeah, I feel much better. Now this is a party. Kick acid and gas with Rolaids
3: Advanced sleep cool and comfortable every night on a Casper. It's a high-quality mattress at an affordable price. Casper mattresses ship for free in a small box, so you can try it for 100 nights risk-free. And if you don't love it, they'll come pick it up and refund you everything. Put Casper to the test for 100 nights in your own home. Go to Casper.com and use code RM3 for $50 towards the purchase of select mattresses. Casper.com, code RM3. For more info, visit rmworldtravel.com. Terms and conditions apply. Additional fees may apply for Hawaii and Alaska. When it comes to costly car repairs, you need options. That's what you get with Extended Vehicle Protection from CarShield. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for covered repairs easy. And your favorite mechanic or dealership can do the work. They also provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. Get covered with Extended Vehicle Protection. Call 800-CAR-6100 and use code RM or visit carshield.com and use code RM to save 10%. A deductible may apply. For more info, visit rmworldtravel.com under sponsors.
5: Get out the map, get out the map, and lay your finger anywhere
0: down. To participate in the program, call anytime, 800-387-8025, or log on to rmworldtravel.com. Once again, this is your RM World Travel Connection. Welcome back to RM World
2: Travel. This segment of the program is made possible by LinkedIn.com RM. With the economy percolating, now is the time to make sure you're doing everything you can to find the best people for your business. Making that perfect hire can help set your team up for success, which is why you should post your job where people go every day to make connections, grow in their career, and discover job opportunities. LinkedIn. Most members of this social media site aren't checking job boards regularly, but 9 out of 10 of them are open to and interested in new opportunities like yours. With most of the U.S. workforce on LinkedIn, putting your posts there is the best way to get your job opportunity in front of more of the right people. People with the right skills and background for your role who are also ready for something new. It's no wonder a new hire is made about every eight seconds using LinkedIn. Robert, Mary, and I want to help you find the right people for your business, so go to linkedin.com slash RM and get $50 off your first job post. You'll also find the link at rmworldtravel.com under sponsors. And speaking of interesting jobs, my next guest is named Jay Crater, and he has a most interesting job because he is an Uber driver, and he is also a senior contributor to sort of the definitive bible of uber and lyft and other rideshare drivers uh it's a blog called the rideshare guy uh we've had uh, harry campbell on the the rideshare guy himself on the show um welcome to the show jay because i i wanted you to come on because harry asked you or maybe it was your idea to for a while drive a taxi and see how it compared to the many years you've been driving for a ride sharing service because, as we know, in many cities, there's this natural tension between taxi drivers and Uber or Lyft drivers. Um, what, how long did you drive that taxi, and what did you find?
7: Yeah, well, it's great to be on. Um, I drove it for one week. I was really curious. You know, I wanted to find out what it was like driving a taxi because I've been doing the Uber thing for three years and 23,000 rides. And what I found out was it's a lot harder to become a taxi driver, and it's a lot harder to be a taxi driver.
2: And what city so, were you, I should have uh, asked you first, what city were you driving this taxi in?
7: Uh, San Francisco, San Francisco, okay. the, uh, the, the birthplace of Uber and Lyft. Yeah. Of course, right. Yeah. Okay, so
2: how was it more difficult to become a taxi driver, and uh, yeah. why was it more difficult to be one?
7: Yeah, so uh, just the, uh, the onboarding process, much more rigorous. Uh, to be an Uber or Lyft driver, you know, you just really got to go online, submit some papers, uh, get your car inspected, and, and you're good to go. With uh, being a taxi driver, I had to go and do a fingerprint background check. I had to do a, a blood te- a, a, a drug test to make sure, you know, I was clean. I had to study online. I had to take a test. So a lot more things to do. Uh, so it's a, a much more rigorous process. Then once I, be- once I was a taxi driver, um, it just requires a lot more skill. You know, with Uber and Lyft, I get a ping, and it tells me exactly where to go, and my GPS kicks in, and I'm on my way. The way most passengers in a taxi operate is they get in the car, you know, and they say, "Take me to the quarter of," <laughs> you know, "Take me to 45th and Noriega." And if you don't know the city well, uh, you're, you're, you're kind of screwed. So you really ah, got to right. know the city. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And
2: when you and when you're when you're not only do they do they tell you where to pick them up. As soon as they get in the car, you press a button and it shows exactly where they want to go because they've already entered the address. When you're an Uber driver, right? So it's easier to get yeah. there.
6: Yeah,
7: exactly right. Whereas with taxi, that's not always the case. And um, so then you got to go there, and then at the end of the transaction, you got to collect the money, right? So you got to you know swipe a card and get them to sign, and you got to make sure you do you do all that stuff properly. And with Uber and Lyft, there's none of that, right? It's automatically done uh, r- right there through the app.
2: Uh, automatically charged to the uh, to the passenger's credit card. No, but no, no, and and the tip can be added on their smartphone. It, you're right. That is a lot a lot more processes
7: yeah yeah how a did you find parts
2: how did you find folks riding in taxis do they tip any better than they do in uber or any worse or any different
7: uh much better much better so the taxi passenger is a very much more i found much more interesting and engaging passenger than the uber or lyft passenger most many of the uber and lyft passengers are very content to sit in the back and just look at their smartphone the taxi passengers were much older in, in general and much more wanting to engage in conversation, which I found very uh, stimulating. So that was a huge benefit to me because I, you know, you drive around all day. You want people to get in your car and actually have a conversation. Not, That's not interesting. Quiet, you know, Jay, yeah. I'm surprised.
2: Yeah. That's very interesting.
7: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was very enlightening. Uh, the whole process uh because i got to see i i I developed a whole new appreciation for the taxi you know the taxi industry and what those guys do every day um you know and then uber and lyft just came in and there's you know suddenly thousands and thousands of cars on the road competing competing against them yeah
2: jay we have 10 seconds left are you thinking of becoming a taxi driver instead
7: Uh, When the the money's as good as being a taxi driver, I will
2: definitely switch over. Jay Jay Crater is an Uber driver who tried it out for the Rideshare uh, Guys uh, blog to become a taxi rider. Jay,
0: thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. Connect with America's number one travel radio show by calling 800-387-8025 or follow the program at rmworldtravel.com. We'll be right back.
1: Well, this hour of the show is moving right along as we're already up to segment five. Your travel duo, Robert and Mary, now back with you for the final segment of hour one, but we have a full hour two ahead that's coming up in just a few minutes. And this portion of the program is sponsored by expressvpn.com RM.
3: You're being tracked online by social media sites, marketing companies, even your mobile or internet provider, and they often sell it to other corporations who want to profit from your information. It's getting harder not to worry about where our data goes because making an online purchase, booking travel, or simply accessing your emails puts your private information at risk.
1: For less than $7 a month take back your privacy by using ExpressVPN.com. It has easy to use apps that run seamlessly in the background on any computer, tablet, or phone. It encrypts your internet browsing history, hiding your data and public IP address. So protect that online activity and get three months free at ExpressVPN.com RM. There's also a link at RMWorldTravel.com under sponsors.
3: Our next guest is Dr. Carla Dove. She directs the Smithsonian Institution Feather identification lab at the national museum of natural history one of the only labs in the world working with the faa the u.s air force and the u.s navy specializing in various types of bird identification that can aid in determining which birds can be hazardous to aviation safety you may recall that last month was the 10th anniversary of the miracle on the hudson involving u.s airways flight 1549 so we asked carla to join us and share an update of the incredible work being done to prevent bird strikes in our skies
1: Thanks for your time today, Carla. Welcome to RM World Travel.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, appreciate you being here. So, it's somewhat hard to believe, as Mary just said, that last month was the 10th anniversary of Captain Sully Sullenberg's miraculous landing on the Hudson River after a crippling bird strike took out the plane's engines. You and your team were able to determine the species of the bird it was and likely where it was coming from. Explain to everyone why that information is so important to airports.
5: Okay, yeah. Um, yes, it is very surprising and, and amazing that that it's already been 10 years, because to me, it seems like it was just, you know, a week ago or yeah, whatever. Right. It was such a high profile case for us. Um, but knowing the species of birds that are causing bird strikes all over the world is the first step in preventing this from happening. So if you know the exact species of bird, and you know what it it eats, and why it is on your airport or near your airfield, then you can do something to that immediate environment to try to prevent that bird or discourage that bird species from coming in there, and thereby you're reducing the damaging bird strikes that happen.
3: Makes sense. Carla, I think what a lot of travelers don't realize, and that includes me, and I didn't until I watched this Smithsonian Channel movie that you're featured in, uh, Bird Versus Plane, is that there are actually thousands of strikes going on each year but most don't damage these aircraft but what i thought was interesting depending on the airport's location for example here in the new york area it seems to be the canadian geese but at dallas fort worth its pigeons it's different birds at different airports so they have to you know learn to handle the specific bird individually and how do they do that
5: yeah that's true so each and that's why we have to keep identifying the species of birds that are involved in these events because each airport and in, in each region of the country may have a different problem, and so knowing the problem on your specific airfield is really uh, the first step in trying to prevent what's happening right there on your uh, immediate environment.
3: So interesting the work that you're all doing. I, I just don't think people realize it. It's it's really incredible. Um, I'm curious: is the information that you're gaining from the work and then providing to the individual airports and their teams. What about the manufacturing companies? Are they working on looking at designing engines differently?
5: Oh, yeah. Engine manufacturers, air part manufacturers, wind screens, fuselage radomes, all of those engineers are looking at what weight of bird can they design their aircraft part To withstand the weight of the bird at a certain speed, and so engineers use the data, mainly the weight data from the species that we identify. So that information goes out to um, engine manufacturers when they're doing their design work.
1: I've actually I've seen some things on that the way they they test that and the new engines that are coming to withstand that. So Carla, listen, this has to be a meticulous. It's detailed work, but it's also incredibly gratifying, I would think, when you realize in the big picture of where your investigative work goes, it's being used directly by the FAA, in some cases the military, and you really are working so hard to help all of us, the traveling public, get from point A to point B in a much safer way, yes?
5: Well, thank you, and that is one of the reasons that we get so much satisfaction out of our work is we do hear from the field all the time thanking us for um, helping identify the birds that are causing problems on their airports. But it's also fun because we're like solving puzzles every day. <laughs> you know, we get in different pieces of bird snarge or different feathers, and we have to try to figure out what is it based on the microscopic structure or the feathers that we have in this case and they're all different so it really it's fun but it also is rewarding in that we do have some satisfaction in knowing that we're trying to improve or helping to improve aviation well safety. in
1: about 15 seconds is, is there a particular type of bird that you find most problematic out there
5: well yeah the the canada goose is one of the most problematic and, and really all of the larger body birds in north america that um, unfortunately, those are the ones that are increasing in the populations. We have a lot of problems, smaller birds are decreasing, but these large birds are the problem, as you can imagine.
1: Yeah, and, well, Carla, that's an interesting discussion. So interesting. Uh, thanks very much for joining Mary and me today, and you have yourself a nice day, okay?
3: Thank you, and safe travels. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: All right, there goes Carla. Interesting uh, information and what they're doing out there. Good to know next time you get in that seat of the plane because air travel, as we know, it is safe and they're making it safer. Mary, right now, that's going to do it for hour one of the program this week. But folks, Mary, Rudy, and I, we've got a whole other hour of travel ahead.
3: We do, so we hope you stick around.
1: Uh, Yes, we do indeed, as there's more RM World Travel coming right up when we get back to talking everything and anything in the world of travel with you. Don't touch that chat.